Abe here, and I wanted to let you know that if you're able, you can upgrade your small beans skill over at patreon.com slash small beans. Here's why you should do that. If you pledge five measly beans a month, you get access to about half our podcasts that you don't get if you're just listening to the free feed. Shows include Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, Like Razor Blade Pie, and bonus episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours. Not to mention bonus content, including info and updates on the movie we're making, Papa Bear. Hey, where's all the reasons to not subscribe to Patreon? I can't find them. Anyway, back to the show. You're about to hear the recorded audio diaries of Michael Swain, Adam Ganser, and Abe Epperson, transmitted to you from another dimension through the wonder of podcast technology. Lost in the multiverse, they have to dig into a different piece of multiversal fiction each episode in the hopes of finally discovering a way back to their reality. How do they know this isn't their reality? Because one of them is being a real asshole. Will our heroes ever make it home, or will they inadvertently explore our obsession with multiverses, alternate timelines, and parallel worlds, and tie it all into a conversation about postmodern art, pop culture, and what it means to be a human right now? This is Escape from the Multicurse. Oh, I'm so sick. It's the multiverse. This is the one where I am sick. Mm. Uh, but it's fine. I'm heavily medicated, you guys. And Are my, you? Uh, it's always good. My, my throat's all lubed up. So that you know what that oh. means. <laughs> you got it's a time slick for a podcast. Throat. A lot of other words can come out. A lot of other things can go in. Whatever you yeah. need. Those That's words right. are coming sliding right out. And uh, on this day, well, first off, I'm Abe Epperson, and I'm joined... With Adam Ganser, yep, and Michael Swain, uh huh, and you've stumbled into Escape from the Multi Curse, but you heard the intro. Today we're covering Event Horizon from 1997, directed by Paul W. Sanderson, not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, PTA should know better than this shit, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. This guy mm-hmm. made Mortal Kombat and Re- your Resident's Evils and such. But anyway, yeah, that's I introed this shit. You should. I was gonna say, why didn't someone else QB the intro with you and your throat? He, he wouldn't. You he wouldn't the call intro. the audible. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> you said he, you wanted you know. to announce you were sick, but you didn't say. Then you would say a thousand words and kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 no. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. I told move. you I'm lubed up, dude. Yeah. yeah, which I'm suspicious. I gotta say, Abe's probably the asshole. Also, a slight yep. clarification: my full name is Neil deGrasse Swaim Tyswaim. Oh no! And so you mispronounced oh. it a little bit, and my, I, I my like to fact check Neil. for scientific accuracy. I'm sort of known for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. But cool. I now like we're all here. Is... Now we're having a good now time. I've got my. Good time. I've got my vest with the moons on it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you re- can you repeat oh, your name again? Just because I like hearing it's it. Neil <laughs> deGrasse Swaim Tice Swaim. <laughs> deGrasse Swaim. Yeah, I like yeah. it. The I like your name is the metal. Yeah, I like the name oh, you've always also had. A Canadian cho- a teen soap opera by that name, I believe. Yeah, I don't like it. I feel like we've gotten to the maximum, you know, uh, density of Neil deGrasse Tyson. I thought he was very cool, and then he kept talking and kept being relevant. And I'm like, you know what, buddy, you're not doing science any favors. Oh well, you're gonna love this bit then, Abe. <laughs> I can't wait. It's gonna dude. go down smooth down your greased throat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the movie it's... starts before it even starts. We have a mountain encircled by stars. Gravity would crush the mountain. It would right, split apart. Down. Okay. Right. I'm talking about the Paramount logo now, if you're not familiar. <laughs> yes. Settle, settle down. But that's a good observation. <laughs> I have to agree with science, man. Thank uh, you. Let's start with the first segment that we do in this show. This is uh, called the multi-map. And this well, is basically where we just talk about uh, how, how is Event Horizon unique in the multiverse story? And mm. I feel like we can all kind of chime in with our thoughts. Great. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Adam, or shall I? Uh, why don't you do it since you're all lubed up and words are sliding I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Sliding yeah. freely yeah. into yeah. these ears. If anything yeah. is known, if, if you're lubed up, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> I think it goes without saying. That's just scientific. And that's, you know? and that's Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> original. Um, so, yeah, it's unique for our podcast so far, though it's probably not unique as far as multiverse stories go. It's a simple one, right? Mm. It's just another dimension. It's most in common, I guess, with the things that we've covered, like Space Jam. But unlike Space Jam and like Wizard of Oz, it's not traveling into or with some extra dimensional like buddies. This dimension is just something that looms over the film for the most part as representing fear. It bleeds into our reality and kind of commits darkness in our minds and makes us crazy and uh, kind of represents the unknown. So it's the main focus of the story to preserve the sanctity of our dimension, which is something that we see a lot with when we come to universe stories. Uh, and in this story, it's as simple as there's barbarians at the gate. Fucking get rid of them. Uh, don't look at the unknown. It'll make you crazy, maybe. Um, and that's kind of it. That's like it's basically a binary situation. It's good or it's bad. That's bad is coming from that big spinny hole. And uh, good is everyone is Lawrence Fishburne. Good yeah. is Lawrence funny Fishburne. point. Gates and barbarians never actually coexisted. It's much like dinosaurs and humans. Is that true? Mm. Yeah, there's no barbarians at times where there are they gates. They didn't have gates? And when that's the gates origin of... That expression was originally sarcastic. Yeah, when, when were gates invented? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. 70, cool. 70, yeah, yeah I, know, I, know. I know. Oh, yes, I, I didn't know when. to say when. I could just say I know. Yeah, yeah you could have just said, yes, yes, I do. Yes, Speaking I of those when. years, though, it says it's 2047 now in the movie, uh-huh. but now it's like 713 in the evening. I think movies should always take place in the evolving present, whatever time that is. That's science. I can't wait to read your tweet about whatever religious holiday comes next. That's and right. How, yeah, I Hell can't day. wait. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Really excited about it. Uh, I guess that's my turn. Actually, sure. I, I do think there are some interesting scientific conversations about this movie. Um, one of Same. them is that uh, the premise of this movie is that they are able to bend space-time to make a hole through which a ship can instantly pass, right? So, like, uh, you know, it's the whole wormhole instantly jump to another area of space. Like, that idea is not entirely new, but one interesting maybe artifact of it is that a lot of multiverse theories do depend on the curvature of the universe as, an, as like, part of the theory as in multiverses intersect with like the places where the universe is not uh is more curved. So in that way it's like a mildly scientific version of a multiverse. I love I kind my of, curvy universe. Yeah, I kind of appreciated I don't know I don't even know if that's intentional, but that they did sort of graze an actual scientific idea there. Um I think it's interesting that the hell dimension has a will. Right? Like, the universe we're in here... Kind of. Right, right. It has a very indistinct will. It does seem to be able to possess people, though. Um, And they do use the word hell in, I guess, a mostly metaphorical sense, but, you know, it's a hell dimension. Um, It's also implied that while it's painful for people, they're not all hating it, you know? Like, there's a little bit of, like, fetishizing of it. I mean, maybe more than a little. Like, it does kind of seem like maybe all those yeah, people Sam are Neal's getting... into it. Hellraiser yeah. territory, where yeah. it's like, also pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It does seem like that Rick and Morty like episode this. a bit, you know? Um, it also does have a little bit of a sexual overtone to it, um, I think. Yeah, 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 because um, Sam Neill's wife has her mommy milkers out. Right, and also, like, <laughs> a lot of the way that the torture stuff is depicted is very clearly S&M and fetish play stuff. So I kind of feel like, in a way, they're trying to put a personality on... Like, like we're trying to figure out what, what is the personality of evil, you know, and, like, and like personify it, and that's what this dimension represents. Um, and because of that, it's kind of muddy. And also, intriguingly... Um, Nobody, like, people seem to be driven toward it, but have no reasons why. Like, it's completely irrational why. Yeah. 
Right. Now you're speaking my language. This is like, to me, the only thing to talk about right. with this movie from a philosophical standpoint. Right. It's interesting to me, though, that like people, this movie sort of believes that evil is fundamentally irrational um, and that you can't explain its motives. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of an impulse yeah. that... Uh, evil is chaos, which is... Right. Depending on someone's definition of evil, true or not true. Well, yeah, I think that's worth discussing um, because this is a particularly, like a lot of horror movies, this this is a multiverse that feels like a parable, um, as as do a lot of these scientific stories where it's like, don't mess too much with nature. Like, that's kind of the, the moral of it. Um, in yeah. any case, uh, I still kind of thought that for like a B-tier movie, like this movie is pretty good. You know, like it's a yeah, pretty oh, yeah. good movie. I mean, it has some great deaths and yeah. it's entertaining for sure. Yeah, I don't love i think i object to the aesthetic of it a little bit but like we can talk about that later um yeah i think that's object enough for to is a great phrase here I yeah i object to the aesthetic <laughs> your is... honor yeah yeah man, one of the most this. adam ganser things i've ever heard in my life <laughs> like i just think the fucking the the weird core and like the spiky room is so silly uh, i'm like i have thoughts on the core Let's okay great, not just great great breeze great. past the core great okay? i could never yeah uh, let's leave the something for, let's leave some meat for later. Yeah. But before we move on to our next segment, yeah, do you have any, uh, do you have any thoughts on what we scrape been? the bottom of the barrel, huh? Let's see what the third beat has in <laughs> whoa, store. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, okay. Science. Yeah. Man. Well, I just see it differently than you guys. I did like the movie. I think it's fun cause I can have fun. I'm here. That's how you know I'm a fun guy. I like pop culture. But, you know, I have to call these things out as a scientist. I would say they use the dimension more than anything to just gloss over that no one did any research scientifically for this. Um, and that doesn't, it doesn't have to ruin it. We can still enjoy the movie for sure. But, like, they say that, for example, they say the first permanent colony on the moon was 2015. It was actually 2018. Oops, I've said too much. Um, oh, okay. So ultimately, Event Horizon, I know, is supposed to be like a point of no return, but I wanted to return this to the blockbuster. Mm. Sure. Uh -huh. Don't sure. you work for the Smithsonian? They keep calling Dr. Grant some weird other name. <laughs> <laughs> These are problems. These are just problems that I note with the world around me, and I thought you'd want to know. I didn't know you were going to do, like, like spicy science. You're like Bill Nye. Ooh, I hate him. Ooh, Bill Nye. Ooh, he hates my friend Scott Bug, and I hate him. Oh, yeah, you and Bill Nye fucking hate each other. Yeah, me yeah. and Bug. I'm with Bug. That's why we yeah. bring Neil to these, you know? That's, That's why. The, the new scoops. Hey, speaking of kneeling, young, Lawrence, young Larry Fishburne isn't constantly getting his dick sucked, and that seems unscientific to me. <laughs> He's suckable in this film. Am I wrong? I thought that's yeah, why yeah, yeah. Abe got all lubed up. I thought that's what was that's coming. Right. Next. I remember, yeah, John Singleton was like in Boys in the Hood. You're constantly getting your dick sucked during yep. that huge monologue. That's what, yeah, about, like, about them yeah. moving billboards into our neighborhood and shit. Yeah, yeah. He's just yep. getting his dick sucked. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some actual work. Versus sure. on verses. Sure. So let's start with what one of the aspects that you kind of talked about. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Which is the meshing of, you talked about little points that uh, overlap, and they did the uh, the they did the whole thing with the piece of paper and the pencil. They sure did you it. Can't do. Yeah. You can't do. You can't do a science you space movie. You can't without wormhole it. without hey. that. Yeah. That and analogy is only actually accurate if you put your dick in there in the hole, and yeah. that's why most scientists won't do it. Yeah. Like they but, can't put it in the film, so I'll give them that. One. They're usually not Which courageous enough, unlike you. You are right. courageous. Which is enough crazy because it. it's actually being explained to Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. He should be doing the explaining. <laughs> That's right. 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 Ryan Cox put his dick in there, and we're all proud of him for that. <laughs> There's only two things that you can do in science movies. It's that one, like to explain to you in layman's terms. The pencil through a piece of paper. The other is a slingshot maneuver. Right, of course. Where you like take an right. apple or some shit and rotate it around like a bigger apple. That's why I always thought the Futurama one. This is so out of character, but the Futurama one where he says um, the ship's warp drive actually moves the universe around the ship, even though that's a joke answer, it is incredibly clever as far as it's a new warp drive explanation I haven't heard you before. You are explaining it different. Yeah. There's only yeah. a, There's a few. few of those yeah. every now and then. But yeah, 
So those points, those nexus places that multiverses creep in, they're always portals, right? Like that would be the catch-all term. Can we agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that yes, yes is the answer to that. But just to be clear, Mm -hmm. the movie sort of does a magic sleight of hand by assuming it isn't a portal that it's like mm-hmm. you know what i mean that it's like literally just like a like an open doorway uh like i like i feel like they kind of snuck a dimension in there when there shouldn't have been one according to their explanation anyway please continue yeah, it could have just been a box that had it was emitting radiation or some shit well right. ghosts also come out of the portal right because people get possessed so there's also forces yes. that are invisible coming out of the portal. Very and scientific. Actually, in space, ghosts cannot be conducted through space. There's not enough of a medium for them. I'm just kind oh, of. Oh, ghosts have. I didn't realize air. that. Mm, that's good to know. And water. I didn't realize. Why didn't this movie just settle on the standard explanation, which is black holes equals portal? You know what I mean? Like that's a strange belief. I'll let Neil take this one. Yeah. Well, the black, they're using a quantum slipstream drive with a black hole as its core in order to power the verge of it. Come with me eternally, live with me, ex libris, ex libris deus excoriate, for loco. For loco. <laughs> yeah, that's not how I expected that to go, but Great. are you satisfied, Adam? Does that answer your question, Adam? I don't know if any explanation would have satisfied My point me. is the real portal to hell is not a black goo. It's a pink slime like McDonald's uses for their nuggets. Mm. Oh, nice. Does that answer it. your question? I've always that's felt that was That's actually what true. I wanted to talk about because something that, an observation that I realized with portals, and that's consistent with this movie and other movies we've covered, the half portals, because a lot of them do. Sometimes they're a tornado. Or in Doctor Strange, they lead you somewhere where you can see, right? Like the magic portals are like you can, it's, uh, there's no membrane, right? There's a, it just is the other reality. Right. So you know where you're going. And that's something that those portals do because they're nice portals, right? <laughs> Bad <laughs> portals seem to have like, are, are goo based? You know? <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. You don't, by their very nature, you don't know what's on the other side. Right. You can't see what's Inherent. behind right. it. Yeah. And like, and, and at the very minimum, because I know people in the listening audience are thinking of like Stargates and the Matrix has a mirror that eats it's you. It's a goo based mirror. And yeah. Under the skin is another example of a bad, right. bad Ooh, that portal. black goo. Right. It's yeah, going to yeah, get that black, black goo. Yeah. But like with Stargates and Fern stuff going. like that, like, at the very minimum, it's an unknown. And like it's interesting that we do separate and change the visuals of portals in order to make them like these are good portals, you know? Right. These are portals we can go through and don't they're worry orange about and it. friendly. You know portal from the game portal. They're like those portals. <laughs> yeah, they're helpful portals. The other thing about this one and this portal is like it's funny that when we uh we have a fascination to make those spaces like full of pomp like this one's gothic themed right you know it's like yeah 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 typo negative themed right uh and like even stargate is this ornate ring and it's like i think that that has two implications if it's built like that and like it's an anus if you take your anus and you put it in a big room and there's like runes and shit Uh uh-huh um it's built by like a creator, right? Like it has some hand dictated. There's reverence toward it. Well, and that's the ultimate that horror of hell, right? Is it's right. what if something with the power of God, but it hates you now instead of it loves you. Right. Well, that's right. just so inconceivable. Like imagine infinity now make it evil. Uh, you know, is the idea that we currently have of the devil and hell. And you can't almost by definition, you can't get more frightening because that's you're you're being invited to imagine the worst thing you can imagine. Just imagine the worst thing you can imagine is basically what it says. I think so. Yeah. Do you do you agree? Or I'm thinking about that. I like I yeah. my instinct is I don't think that's what biblical hell is. Just to be clear, uh, I think that's no, a different agreed. idea. But like I do think that. It is, we are trying to extrapolate what if the evil maximum that was also a will, like it's definitely a conscious being uh, at work there. Yeah. Uh, that is the idea. I still don't, I still think it's a strange folding in of worlds. 
Like I'm not like if I was like giving a screenplay note to this, like if I was an executive, I feel like I would have this note like, why does this science vessel open a gate to hell? Why are those? Why is that the consequence of this? Uh, it does, does it not? Or do you mean a standing gate to hell that is then open and like demons? No, flood out, I, like no he's asking why are they? Why connected? is it hell? Yes, why is uh, it? Why like if you're designing a narrative, why is it hell? Like you know that that's a strange punishment for meddling with the laws of nature. Yeah, in a science. In a, I mean, obviously, right? because that makes the story go, and it's interesting. And it, it makes it a haunted house, which is what you were going for in the first place. Which is place. what they're going for, but like in terms of like, um, but it seems like the wrong haunted house, almost. And it's funny because we've talked about Sunshine as almost a similar, where they went the other way, where you're like, what if just one demon comes out of the portal? Uh, that is another sensible way to go to me, but I actually don't see what's unsensible. And I'm the scientist saying this. I don't see what's not sensible about it becoming the haunted house. Cause that's the offer of hell is you're going to be in a haunted house. That's real. That sucks ass. Right. For eternity. Well, that's, I mean, it's a very yada yada idea of hell. That's what I mean is I think like, it's more like hell is a meme, Yeah, which is, there. which is yeah. why it's not, I mean, I, and I picked this movie, so I'm I'm not, I, and I didn't pick it to shit on it. But like when I watched it, I felt a little unsatisfied with it on a creative level, where I was like, and what I mean by that is like, okay, it's a portal to hell. Sure, it's a mistake for messing with the, uh, you know, messing with nature in a way we should not, right? Use using technology that we don't understand. Okay, making but, a Spider Man, but it's the will. least, right? Yes, but it's the least. It, it's such a. It's skipping over the actually interesting possible mistakes that could have happened there. You know what I mean? Like, like instead, and pitch making me. ones that are like, pitch me so sure several. Okay, or great. At least one. Here's one. It it <laughs> it it creates a it creates a, a spreading nothing. You know what I mean? It's a tear in the universe that creates unreality. Like never ending story. Yeah. I think the nothing that's what is would really happen, by right. the way. Yeah, I mean, so that's sort of the boring answer because you're just describing scientific reality. Well, but now. I th- but I think that's more interesting in this movie, right? Okay. I mean, I don't know. I think that could be like here's my thing is I don't I'm not really hung up on the fact that they describe it as hell because I right. think it's just how they it's a metaphor. interpret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a metaphor. They're just saying a it's thing. a bad place that in they fact, don't know where Sam Neill doesn't describe it as hell when he's finally like what I would call possessed. Which is something we should talk about yeah, next. Absolutely. About what what is possession in this movie and what are the rules? Because they are not consistent. No, not at all. Yeah, that's another issue. But with uh it. the like I think he describes it when he's in like full like final form with his like eyes gouged out and he's like talking preaching well, the word cuts. of this. He is saying he calls it like chaos. It's a dimension of pure chaos. Yeah. Which is different from But hell. it isn't chaos. Hell, that's the our conception of that's, hell conceives of chaos as a part of the thing, right. but like it's not, right? They never claim it's the biblical hell, nor does the thing identify it as. I just want to point out in my memory, his eyes are gouged out, but they're technically scratched out, which I noticed this oh, time yeah. and thought was weird. Good yeah. point. Actually, and I I yeah, I guess I'm sort of objecting to like they didn't maybe it's not consistent enough. Like I actually think a dimension full of chaos is more interesting than like this sort of weird uh like gothic pseudo religious uh uh suspension based sex dungeon you know what i mean yeah. like i think that's I not that interesting but real yeah i actually think they did a good job of chaos i'm actually on the other side really because of once we start looking at what the demon wants we realize that the demon is fucking stupid. Like he's just so dumb. He doesn't can't get anything right. He wants multiple things, and he's angry at multiple things. Like it's really so it's chaos because it dumb. has no sensible agenda. I see. It has no agenda. It is indifferent to its own agenda. It's just seemingly. fucking around. Well, that's not even <laughs> true. It sometimes picks up like when like the funniest thing about the demon is that they never get what they want. I mean, they kind of do an autopsy on a guy and then they die, but ultimately there's no planning involved. He shoots the window out. Sam Neill shoots the window out and is immediately like, no. Oh yeah, he goes, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like, uh, it, I you want to go back to your home or do you not want to go back to your home? Because that like at different times he says different things. He wants to infect the world. 
But other times he's like, I want to go back. I want to take you back. Well, that's so that's an, like, what the hell does he yeah, want? Yeah, that's a weird thing because it's like if you're if you're a chaotic possessing demon ship, uh, isn't getting free better than going back to that dimension? Like, isn't spreading the dimension more? Or do you? Satisfying? I got the impression they liked it. That sort of like the there. Hellraiser demons, the Cenobites, uh, in their dimension, pain is pleasure and pleasure is pain. So they're just trying to be friendly is like the Cenobite lore. Mm-hmm. And I sort of intuited something along those lines. It's like Halloween Town. Right, 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 right. They're all from Halloween Town. It and does they feel like helping that. Us. It does yeah. feel like this that. This is surprisingly... Um non-scientific for you neil yeah. you know they refer to the dark inside also is another clue here you talk about the dark inside and they imply that that's like the taint of the devil infecting you but of course scientifically yeah. speaking since you remind me thank you the dark inside is oreos with the filling scraped off because i'm pre-diabetic <laughs> okay i can't have the frosting okay but the cookie part is you can have true? And then you can have the cookie part. Interesting, <laughs> Libris Tuteme ex inferis is actually not Latin. Or it is Latin rather, but it's it's just nonsense. Like they just slammed words together. Yeah. It uh, means scary plain devil cabbage. Mm. <laughs> no way. And they knew only I should have stopped people. after the first one. Yeah, the first cabbage? one was funnier. And I just hit my mic, so I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> it's really weird to me. Like I don't know why this is true, but it's weird to me. I've never studied Latin. I don't know anything about Latin. But I am surprised that there's a word for cabbage in Latin. Of course, not. <laughs> I it's think language, I think right? literally any any response to yeah. to Latin is weird. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> but like it just seems undignified. Cabbages seem undignified. Right. Does well, it, and it it's clearly calligraphy. not the biblical hell. Yeah. It's clearly yeah. not the biblical hell because the language of hell is not Latin, but hard yeah. driving rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all metal solos, <laughs> of course. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about this? One of my favorite aspects is that there's a line where he says, uh, when Sam Neill touches Lawrence Fishburne and they're in the portal room and he says, hell is just a word. The reality is much worse. And then he shows him mentally what the reality is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's basically just like barbed wire and maggots yeah. and Fire. editing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and metal and, and cool it's exactly what you think hell would be. No more, no less. It's so generic. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious to me because like most of it is accomplished by a trip to a pet store. You know, it's just like, ooh, gooey stuff and gross blood. I remember distinctly when I was working at Blockbuster, Abe, that people would rent this movie and they would be like dude this one fucking freaked me out like it like it super played at the time i do remember at the time that the one where the guy is possessed to throw himself out the airlock but then at the end goes no mommy please don't um i thought that was really perversely fucked up in a great twisted way yeah that stuck with me for years as a kid even though rife with scientific inaccuracy of course the captain tells him to go into a ball and breathe out when he gets depressurized but actually to survive depressurization you pop your thumb out of your mouth lick a big lollipop and say spank me space daddy (laughs) and that's how you get that's how you survive space yeah you'll survive as long as you can stretch the daddy yep It'll give you yeah, a you're safe passage. You safe yeah. passage through the nothing. And then your lungs don't pop. Yeah. And your no. eyeballs don't boil. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So you won't be blind because you. So listen to Neil, everybody. No, because yeah. Because we you'll... all know before we die, we're all going to be in a circumstance where we're f- freezing mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that actually brings up the baby bear section. Okay. Brings up. Um, Wait, what is baby bear? I don't know. I'm letting him, I'm letting him do it. Baby bear is the. It's the the Ensign Justin, the 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 engineer who gets blast blasts himself out of uh, the air. Uh, uh, yes. He is called they call Baby, him Bear. Baby Bear. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Quite a, quite a sequence. Quite a sequence. It's a great sequence, and I think yeah. also that probably. I mean, this movie got me when I was younger because of the lady with the scooped out eyeballs. That's that's great. We didn't we hadn't really seen that before. Now we've seen it a bunch of times, but you know, this time it wasn't that crazy. But point is, frustration with the movie is the back and forth of being controlled versus not being controlled. Like all of them have hallucinations, but like 
Baby Bear is the only one who has like actual fugue state where he like snaps out of it. Yeah, well, because he touched he touched the dark, right? He touched the goo. So he's maybe the most yeah, yeah. infected. Yeah, I think that's the logic there. Because right? Peters and Sam Neill are convinced by hallucinations to do things that cause themselves harm. So that's like seems to be like a demon possess them or it's mm-hmm. not really a possession. It's more of just like you did a stupid thing because you thought your kid, you know, was there and then you fell down, you know, a huge hole. So just to be clear, yeah. is it for sure an, a consciousness possessing them? Like, is the movie that definitive about it? I mean, I don't know. I, I think you can interpret it both ways. Right. Like Sam Neill just went crazy with his grief. And well, this is how it kind of came Here's out, a question. But. If the previous captain of the Hephaestus or whatever, I forget the name of the first ship they're trying to save. I guess it's the Event Horizon. What's their ship? The Lewis and Clark. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm back listen, on track. Yeah. I can't. There's the previous captain who they hear saying in Latin, like, don't come here, save yourself. If he's possessed, which he must be to speak Latin, unless he already spoke Latin, why like, would deal like why he would he say that? that? Why would he say save yourself? Wouldn't he say, hey, yeah. come here, it's good here in Latin? Also, Sam Neill at oh, one yeah. point feels powered. Like he can see even though he doesn't have eyes and he has super strength. Oh, he so carves his all... eyes out at the end, but then his eyes are back. And only Superman can do eye regrow, scientifically so I feel, speaking. I, I yep. feel like... Um, but that could be hallucinations, but like the fact that he can see and points a gun at people. And like shoots a, the wall of the spaceship. And shoots, shoots the window out. Like they, it's really inconsistent. You could interpret it, but that like to me, the harder interpretation is that they're all having a kind of hallucination and it drives them psychologically mad, but there is no demon. I just, it's just, I just want to like put up against this movie, a movie that was made, you know, a, only a few years, like six years later, uh, Solaris, right? Solaris is actually not that dissimilar of a premise, right? Like, obviously, you know, they, uh, this is a planet that's a being with some kind of consciousness. But, like, uh, and it's not explicitly a hell dimension, but it's sort of a hell dimension by accident, right? It's, it's creating a hell experience by accident by reviving and torturing these people uh, with people that they lost, right? Sp- I mean, spoilers for Solaris. Like I forgot this whole undercurrent in Event Horizon, but it is there. Yeah, She's his wife. That's what. Like, there's a every, reason for that. Everybody there is being tortured by a loss. Right. It's kind of they do the same thing in Annihilation. Right. Right. That's like to filmmakers the like the sort of the unreconciled grief of a lost person is like. One of the worst, it, most acute pains. That's what they tap into, you know. Um, and I think and that that's does give it some substance. Yeah, yeah, it's something at least. Yeah, I'd argue it also uh, moves the needle towards the god thing. Of course, it does because right. that means there's a plan, right? There's a I want a unique terror instead of a. But quiet, it doesn't do a signs. No one is like I found religion. In any analogous way, and therefore I'm saved. Well, I don't there, think there's so. There's no, yeah, there's no, no salvific, a, constructive yeah. thing here. Right, right. Here. That's Ooh, good right. word. Yeah. You guys have, uh, they, I love because the third member of this party, in terms of like philosophy, is the um, Scavenger's Reign, that new show, mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. that really well, where it's like there's a terror unique to a quiet, indifferent universe that just kind of like, it's over there being its own thing, kind of like Solaris, but it's not trying to tap in any particular horror. It's just when you put humans on it, it is both beautiful and it is horrifying uh, in this kind of way that like some of the most extreme places in our world, like the bottom of the sea or in jungles where there's crazy biodiversity. Well, we're like, that thing can do that? Holy shit. And like, I know we didn't sign up for like film analysis theory here so much, but like, I think one reason why I prefer on a story level Solaris to this movie is that the dilemma at the end of the movie, like the, the choice to go back to hell or not, is, a, is completely clear. The logic of it is like, they, they created a story situation where the being is in, like, indecipherable. You don't know why the planet's doing what it's doing. It's an alien being in that way, which I think is true about uh, any being that surpasses our consciousness. That would be true about that being. 
And the dilemma offered by it is clear. You know, like George Clooney wanting to go back and live as a dream is, you see why. You see the seduction of it, right? Whereas Dr. Grant almost has no dilemma. He just right. isn't possessed, yeah. and then he is. Yeah. yeah, and then he is. And it's like, and there's never a, a rationale, even if it was a lie, even if it was clearly a fiction, a rationale offered, which is kind of true of most hell dimension movies. Right, like I think what you want is that scene from The Shining when he talks to the bartender. Like we yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. see yeah. one more hallucination with the wife where he makes a decision of some kind. Well, so like it's a stupid analogy, but like in The Devil's Advocate, right? Like why do we go through this whole absurd oh, yeah. process of, you know, Keanu Reeves being seduced by the devil into this lawyer work? It's because of, you know, you got to make my son through having sex with your sister, bro. Like the devil has oh, yeah. a plan. Vanity. You know what I mean? One <laughs> like, of my favorites. Like a weird, yeah. like a weird plan that y- yeah, one there's rules to the one game. could conceive might be appealing to Keanu Reeves. You know, one could conceive of a world where that was appealing. This it's basically Wiley Coyote trying to trap the Roadrunner, but spiritual. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's. Right. I would say that there's a cosmic aspect to the Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. I mean, I'm like light and dark, yeah. forever wrestling. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's an Adam this. and Eve. There's an Adam and Eve quality to Wiley Coyote where they can represent many things easily. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's just a, a, a it's proton in that way and an electron. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I only uh, the only reason I'm harping on is not so much because I want to talk about these things on their own, but because like the multiverse always becomes this sort of like mythic archetypal conversation. In Uh part because, and we've said this a few times, but it's really true here. In order for a multiverse to be interesting for a movie, it always has to be some weird reduction of reality so that we get ah, it's this dimension. Ah, it's a it's a True. Christmas dimension. It's I the see. dimension where they're all animated. Right. It's the dimension where and yeah. this is the yeah. this is the when in reality, of course, scientifically, there are only nine dimensions and none of them are animated. One is claymation. Mm. One is claymation, though. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I am amazed. Yeah. You've blown those my clay mind. electrons. That's the goal, boyo. Yeah. I'm writing a bill me check to <laughs> bill science right. right now. Hey, chew on this then. Uh, you were talking about electrons. There's a point where they show the ex- set you off. There's a point where they show the exterior of the ship and lightning crashes around it outside the ship. Yeah. Which yep. is obviously not scientifically accurate because you can't do that without summoning the Batman. Oh really? Mm. Yeah, he shows up. I've always. never tried that. See, Light- I thought that was lightning I crashing that was around a spaceship. Yeah. A part of the Paul W. S. Anderson um <laughs> you know, like uh universe, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because in Mortal Kombat, if you recall, Raiden uh, he was, he's not like God of Batman. Am I right? Well, that's why I'm surprised right? from PTA because Mortal <laughs> Kombat famously one of the most scientifically rigorous of films. Yeah, we've lost the, we've lost the thread. <laughs> I don't know which part of your scientific analysis he to respond on combat. <laughs> I don't know which one is the right one to jump down. Yeah, They're all Every hole is so slick and lubricated. I just want to jump into all Ooh. of them. I can, all right, yeah. I'll get us going back on track film-wise. Thank you. Uh, event Horizon-wise. If you could. So at one point, they claim that they're space docking. There's that space docking sequence, mm-hmm. which we haven't mm-hmm. covered yet. Mm-hmm. But my friend at school told me that space docking is when you poo-poo in a girl's hoo-hoo. <laughs> Both can be true. <laughs> I believe that's also true in the recent- Have you heard that? The recent game Why, Starfield. Is, that? Why is it mutually exclusive? I heard that on the playground. Man. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I will say, as far as the set pieces go, I like that space docking thing and them shooting back and forth and him like master chiefing through space to tackle that shit the other was dope. guy. That, that was shit legitimately was dope. dope. Yeah. And he was all like calm and collected and he just jumps and he's like, you're going to do this baby bear and I got you baby bear. And that's, uh, it's great. Yeah. That part felt good. That part felt good. <laughs> Fake as it was. Right. Fake as it it's was. It's funny to watch the movie Gravity right after this. You know what I mean? And just, did you? I mean, yeah, no, did but you? I didn't. I like, there's like three scenes in that popped mind. out of my brain. I mean, one of them is like just how hard it is to get back to the ship in gravity like that was like fucking harrowing and then here's Lawrence Fishburne just you know raining through space into this airlock you know I I will say I I do think 
one of the scariest, scariest, scariest possible scares in a movie, always to me, is the sequence or just evoking the concept of you're floating in space. The end. Yeah. You can't Terrible. get back Terrible. to anything. You're in space. You're going to die of whatever. Like Awful. You're running out of oxygen, starving to death, whatever. You're just in space. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. You just like die of dehydration in space. Yeah. From it's like up there with week. being buried alive as a terrifying yeah. thing. That really yeah. is. I completely agree. And weirdly, uh, the unsung, at least a uh, superhero of this movie is Cooper. Uh, Cooper, who yeah, Cooper solves awesome. so many fucking problems <laughs> with like, like oh, off screen. Yeah. He says, I'm good. Well, he like patches the ship together from the outside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's patching it from the outside. He gets launched off by, you know, one's one of the explosions, one of the many explosions and manages and to gets like back. Yeah. He manages <laughs> to fire extinguish himself back before Wally did it, bro. You know? It's incredible. He dances his way back into the ship. Miller looking out the window, dancing, and they're like, uh, help me. I mean, he's, that's the thing, is that they announce him as the rescue technician, a job I've never heard of, but that's like- But he fulfills exactly that right. role. Yeah. Yeah, like he's like, if you need a dude to like technically rescue anyone, <laughs> he's the fucking guy. Although, of course, in space- uh, you couldn't do that fire extinguisher move because there's nothing to push against in space. Mm. And that's why nothing in space ever moves. Mm. Everything in space is frozen still. Mm. There's no movement. In there's space. no movement in space. Right. It can't conduct it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is a known fact. Uh, can we talk a little bit about what the ending means? Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I think I am going to start here, actually. At the end, he sees a charred man talking to him, but charred guys only say, ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I really We've enjoyed that the fact. Joke now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could laugh, but my throat's too moved up. Right <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. It just comes out like a slimy, greasy guffaw. Yeah, it's, it's a gargle. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. The movie sort Killing of implies Newman. because we have one of those uh, scream fakeouts, right? It sort of implies that the consciousness of hell survived and has now possessed Stark. Is that correct? Is that what you got from the no? Of it? Well, yes, but that. But then she says she wakes up and it was a nightmare. Correct, and we get like reboot too and it's fine well no they uh don't they try to calm her as the like and she's still freaking out she but she gets calm and like cooper's like you're you're all right you're right you were just had a nightmare it's okay you know what do you and think it that just means? the end and then and then the doors close and it ends i think it it's literally just... says the end on screen which more movies should do it's very accurate <laughs> yeah. i think it what it means is that like i think that's Anderson having his cake and eating it too. He wants to give you a final scare. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He also wants to give you some sense of ambiguity, but he also wants it to be like a happy ending where there they are got some rid of survivors, which is wild to me that your movie about space hell needs survivors at the that end. That was a surprise. I would never imagine survivors. Yeah, I agree. That was a surprising ending. Yeah, I, but I definitely think that the movie is very clear. Oh, see, I think, I think the, the movie movie becomes unclear because of the ending. <laughs> I thought I actually thought I mean, it made it unclear. So you think the dream? This also could be a dream. Like, what do you mean? By well, that? waking up from the dream and them still being terrified kind of implies that this psychological phenomenon that created all these problems is persisting. I think in the form of like PTSD, but not in the form of like the the demon has gotten off the ship. But there's literally no way to know. You know what I mean? Like it, it leaves true, it ambiguous, guess. as you just said. I I would say that if. I mean, if they if the filmmakers wanted to do that, mm -hmm. they would have given us a scene where that was a question. They wouldn't have given us a scene where it's obviously one thing and then that ends and then another thing starts that goes the different. I different see. Direction. I would argue. Yes, I would argue. You're right. Thank That's you. what makes this not well done. That ending is not well done yes. for that reason. Yes. Um, another interesting fact, and I, I know this is like a little bit technical, but at the very least, I know Abe can appreciate this. So, like, when you're a director, I'll close my ears. Yeah, please don't away. listen. Please don't <laughs> listen, uh, Swamgrass, Neil Titan. Uh, 
when when you're like directing a movie like this and you're like okay so narratively the core is the reason they go to hell right you can see that uh the director was like i have to sort of plant the seeds of hell in this core like the core needs to be made of hell in a way that doesn't give the game away but explains stylistically why this happened you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, like, the impetus behind the design of that room, right? Like, yeah. And, and like, I, I completely understand that impetus because it's exactly the way that a lot of those meetings would go when you were trying to figure out what's a cool way for this core to look, and then the production designer's like, well, what's the story we're trying to tell with the core? And you're like, well, it's yeah. a black hole that leads to hell, and what is hell like? You know, it's a, it's a spiky S&M world. Um, yeah, you got... Sp- you got spinning blades yes. in the foyer. <laughs> right. uh, it's a place that'll cut you. You know, it'll, I it'll... actually much prefer to think about the engineers of the actual structure when they designed it, the not the production drive. designers. Correct. Correct. Rather, they were like, hey. do you think we should put like runes around? <laughs> right. like, no. What about safe? Don't go too far. What about like safety glass over all these spikes or some kind of railing nah, or corridor? Nah. No. Nah. Do you think it's a little oppressive? It's kind of depressing. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to be in there most of the trip. Spiky nipples just everywhere. <laughs> Make it happen, engineer. That's what's so funny about it is, and again, I'm like, you know, hey, this guy's done better work than I have so far, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm better than him. I mean, or he's got the money. Yeah, you know, I just he, think he it's a funny money, set dude. of decisions because it's very clearly artistically motivated why it looks like that, but it's artistically motivated in such a skewed way where it's trying to give the narrative some clarity. But at the expense of like the logic in this even, huge way. But even Miller Miller yeah. does recognize it. Or I feel like when he first shows it to him, they're like, I don't want to go in that, that room. That looks look evil. At it. <laughs> yeah, look at Why that is that room, room look like that? Yeah. I love Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. Just Same. always, always just negating. Like it's almost like they're, he, he refused to read the lines. It's like he wishes because, they never came on the trip because all he does totally. is like, yeah. I want to go like, home. I'm going to get us home. We're going to go home. Okay, you shouldn't even have come, man. You didn't want to do this. The best moment is when he looks at the like video of the blood orgy of the old crew. And just without skipping a beat, he goes, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he just says, fuck this ship. Uh, another one that I wrote down is my uh, another favorite of mine is that he looks at a cold, empty ship. This is just at the beginning. And he goes, this place is a tomb. And then a hand flies by and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's legit hilarious. He's just a normal guy in this circumstance. Everyone else is like an archetype. In that rotting body scene, they say that their eyes of the corpse has exploded because of decompression, but decompression actually pulls out the poop out of you and fires it everywhere like mm, a balloon. Super mm, funny, mm. which is how they invented space docking. Oh, Oh, because the poop is all around. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. It's like a pencil going through paper. It's everywhere. Did a single person get impaled on any of those room spikes? No, and that I thought Isn't that's that a such a on, fucking check in off my spikes. Memory, in my childhood memory that happens. Right. Because it just seems like it should. Yeah. Right. And we even had a whole fucking scene where fight Kathleen Quinlan is like chasing her son and you're like, Well, this is gonna end in spikes. Where the fuck else could it <laughs> end? Right. And it didn't. But she just, just broke a leg. Yeah. We're gonna have some Mario esque deaths. It's like all the it's of all the cool things to land on in that crazy fucking S and M room. She falls on the one safety aspect of it, like the grates that are there. A little for, panel. Like, yeah, she might as well fell fe- fallen on like a railing. Or like, or like a word that said boring. OSHA equipment. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just, just a uh, sign that says the word boring on it. Um, or be, be uh, beware, boring. <laughs> did you know trampoline would have been good? Did you know Abe and Neil Swaim uh, mm-hmm. that this movie cost sixty million to make and made forty two? I did not know that it was a flop. I mean, you piss off scientists and you denigrate scientists Mm. enough. That's what happens. There's that scene where he explains warp travel that we've hit several times. And when he explains it, none of them understand it, even though they're all space scientists. I love also how standoffish they are because they're like, look, I understand shit. Give it to me like real. You don't need to explain it like a lame. They say dumb it down. And then he goes on and dumbs it down a little bit. They, he does what they ask and they're like, all right, shut up, science guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, uh, this film was 130 minutes originally, 
and they butchered it in editing because they had to release something when Titanic was late. You can feel that. Oh, I, wow. That's I wild, feel right? that this movie has way more lore to dispense than we get to see. Yeah, like, so this is one of those rare, like, hey, this is why home video was so important for a while to film, because, like, Mm -hmm. it made all its money back in home video, right? Like, it's one of those success stories. It was so successful, they, the studio was like, hey, how do you, maybe you fix this movie up a little bit, right? Like, restore the deleted footage, maybe we fix the cut, but no, release a nice version. They'd lost all the footage. Oh, so it's it like that was it past the event horizon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It went to the hell dimension. Actually, it wasn't hell. It was just heaven on a really bad day. Just a, yeah, snarky bad. That's hell. a fun heaven. fact. Quick Jesus one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Hal Ashby motherfucker over here. Uh, maybe it's time to figure out how we're going to resolve this whole. Maybe this- I do want to give Abe a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I just also want to point out, speaking of dumb, the captain's chair is a little pod suspended from the yeah. ceiling that your that your legs that, that your legs can barely fit on. It's yeah, so it's stupid. As hell. It was <laughs> yeah, just, it's, it's really cute. It was just one of those things like where you're like, why would that be it? Why would it be designed that <laughs> yeah, way? Yeah, I so understand dinky. that uh, Ridley Scott changed how we view space. I get it, but Ridley Scott, you are not. I was trying to get to in my brain why is it that aliens still looked better, I thought. You know, and it's I, a little less audacious and corny, I think. It's, it's partly design, that, but it's, it's the same thing. It's the lighting is fantastic. The lighting also. it's also aliens that, lighting is oh my god. It's yeah. also that Ridley Scott, because he was a production designer, understood yeah. lensing a bit better with with his set, I think. I mean, yeah, and the shots are designed in a different way like in a when, clearer way actually when you're dollying and you're like on telephoto and you're like moving through multiple spaces right. you just get the feeling of it stuff it feels gritty and, it's like, and real and there's stuff that's yeah. when filmmakers can be like oh yeah this is just cardboard mm-hmm. but it looks like an out of focus shape that's all you care about for yeah this. and you're like no that's yeah. that's tech you know like this thing is super expensive and it's like no whereas like this director really did want to live on the steady cam and the wide angle lens which made for some cool set pieces it's very spacey it's an it's a less extreme version of what gravity does a lot right it's a double-edged sword of production design because sometimes when you do really good production design you want to see it right this Absolutely. is sure. spielberg does this and he talked about it when he made hook he was like I wanted it to be actually kind of a darker place, but all of the like great production was design was like a ride. See. I just decided to embrace the Lincoln. Of Lincoln, he did and, finally dark, like just natural light. I mean, he's done, yeah. But I mean, like, um, what's interesting about this movie is that you have that crazy hanging chair. A doesn't look fantastic, but I'm sure it was like a marvel of technology sure. like it's a hard thing to do sure. it supports his weight and all that it supports yeah. his weight and around. doesn't yeah, look yeah. Tor- terrible but it is you can t- you can tell it doesn't really function but if you look around the room which they want to light everything right so you can see the other crew's chairs they're literally desk chairs in an o- they're office chairs but they just have like some of them are cut on and some of them That's have like shit and other part. shit yeah other shit just kind of thrown on there so they don't look but it's like you can tell oh yeah that's the uh that's that's just an office chair i have that chair but that's like what you that's what you do when you're making a space set is like where is the eye drawn that's where the real clever design goes the rest of it's going to be these built-in christmas lights and some plexiglass you know what i mean and that's the truth that's what it is there are circumstances of like lower budget films where you will never guess people are running around in a war field and you'll never guess in a hundred years that every single one of them are carrying not guns, but like camera tripods. Right. Of course. Um, Spartacus has a big crowd shot where the entire Roman legions attacking or whatever. And many of the people have, uh, tennis shoes and watches on and you just don't think about it. <laughs> you don't think about so it. Good. Yeah. So good. And it's fine. It's fine because not everyone is made of money. But uh, what did you say this budget was? 60, 60, 60, million? 60 million, which honestly feels about right. That's 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 a lot of money. It's, yeah, uh, but, but those looks, sets I were mean, they spent it epic. on the ship. Yeah, yeah, they spent it on cat, the ship. And yeah, Larry and Sam Neil. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Larry wasn't huge at this point. No, this was before Samuel The Matrix, was. so he didn't have, uh, I, and that, yeah, he didn't have like that big time role that we all remember him for. I don't think, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess Boys in the Hood that was a pretty memorable role. I mean, he's been around, right. but it wasn't like super. He wasn't the guy that we he know wasn't the now. guy from The Matrix, right? <laughs> Right. Let's be honest. So that's, yeah. let's, let's be, be honest. honest. It's the Matrix. He wasn't Morpheus. That's the one. That's true. Uh, shall we fiddle with yes, this wormhole? Now we shall. Shall let's we? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's close this wormhole. Yeah. Which is where we decide who's the asshole, and more importantly, take. Uh, we we have three choices. We can hybridize this world. Uh, and and so we like have some power to blend it together. I guess we can live in this world. Jump through the wormhole or we can close this wormhole and leave this world and go searching for another. Mm. Um, mm. So uh, what would you guys do? I'm going to leap right on the grenade and live in the event horizon world <laughs> because I'm so clearly the asshole that I want to get ahead of it. I know you're going to ditch me here. Right. I have fear so of abandonment. Right. It's coming up in a big way hell. right now. You're going into the hell. I'll see you in hell, motherfuckers. You know I'm not whoever. I'm Neil deGrasse Swain Tyswain. He's putting, he's, putting yeah. the, he's putting a fucking fishing hook in his testicle hey. right now. There's going to be a lot of physics for you to look at, you know? Uh, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a bright future ahead of me. Yeah. But also, you're gonna. there's going to be some pain. It's probably going to be barbed wire. It's difficult, wire yeah, because penis. it's going to be dick wire, but also, <laughs> I know in real life, the real life version is scientifically accurate. So, instead of having normal gravity for no reason or magnet boots... I will be spinning and vomiting nonstop, which would have been really funny in this movie, but they didn't do it. It really would have. They didn't have a spinny vomit. When are they they going to have a space movie? They had a blood vomit. Where people are constantly vomiting. They had a blood vomit. I think think you're forgetting how great the blood vomit was. Yeah. I always. Spinning zero gravity vomit is. That is almost flying too close to the sun. Yeah, that's Biodome in space, like the the sequel we're all waiting for. Yes. I always try to get us to watch Life. Not the Eddie Murphy one, but the one that's I'm now realizing owes a lot to Event Horizon. I'll say it again. Watch Life. Good sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, horror. that one's a good one. That's yeah, a yeah. monster on a ship with Ryan Reynolds. That's true. Yeah, there's Abe, a blood vomit and it's zero G. Abe, I have a sweet. moral quandary for you that uh, it is related to this podcast subjective right now. And that quandary is, was it wrong for them to try to travel through space this way? Like the FTL draft? Do you believe it was... Yeah, do you believe that was wrong? Or or like it was a bad decision to try to recover the ship? So if I live in this reality, are we get No, I mean they got lost. They didn't know it was like a goddamn nightmare until they got there. So I would send the rescue mission. Uh-huh. You'd make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. I make the same mistake, but I also live in a reality where I'm arrogant enough to believe that if we ever did make FTL drive, it probably doesn't have a hell dimension involved. You wouldn't expect it. You wouldn't see it coming. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be stand here in front of you all on this hill and demand that you you understand that that's not possible. Well, let me ask you this Obviously, question: Anything's possible. And I, and I know this is a hellish question, but like, let me ask you this question: If you had to like hermetically seal off a crew that was exposed to this ship. With the like to figure out what are the parameters of this hell dimension, and then discover oh, yeah. you could control it. Is this a bad Would world to live in? Yeah. Like if I found out that like, this could like power our cars or something, right? Or that 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 literally instant travel to any point in the universe is possible. Almost oh, definitely. Yeah, that's the temptation of this that was unexplored, which is like, well, what if they just get this shit under control? Yeah. Which, man, seemed a possible. hell-powered... Yeah, we enslave the demons, and you have hell-powered ships where they're like, go fat, right. mush, demon, right. mush. Yeah. I mean, I've, play, I've played Doom, so I know how that ends with awesome. It ends only and in awesome. Yeah, we, you know, they, they, they throw bigger yeah. demons at us, but we throw the rock at them, you know? Yeah, we throw the quad launcher at them. Anyway, uh, I would prefer not to be in hell, so <laughs> I'll leave. Sure. I will leave. Yep, so he's going to close this wormhole. I think that's the right answer. Let's not live in this reality where a literal hell is just on the precipice of science. That makes sense. That makes a Mm -hmm. lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Science has been asking for it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, science does ask for it. But, you know, it's it's pretty cool otherwise, you know? It got (laughs) us like... (laughs) 
know, Tang. Yeah, it got Dude, us. What, what, uh, is, what is it? Got there? us salvage operators in space who are already disgruntled. Like you know, float there's bridge like legit blue collar jobs. Yeah, where people are like, oh fuck, we got to go out to. But we Neptune. got like microplastics and cool ass shit like that. Oh that yeah, yeah. that's the us. one. That's the one yeah. to brag about. Yeah, that's I'm a good one. Double down, buy microplastics stock. Carbon dioxide poisoning. That's scientific. Yeah. All the good things. <laughs> All the good things are scientific, baby. Jump over here. Okay, I agree. Tyson. I agree. I think we should keep doing this bit. <laughs> yep, yep. I like it that much. Well, <laughs> thank we you. How do we typically end this? Usually one of us screams in madness and is hurled out of this, the space lock or whatever. No, mommy! Ah! Help me, mommy! All right, it was two of us that time. Bye!